0: Hello and welcome to Learning Rewired Flash Insights, a selection of key takeaways from HeadSpring's Learning Rewired podcast. My guest today is Kit Kruchman, Head of Organizational and Culture Design at Co-Collective and Global Executive Director at Women in Innovation, a nonprofit that strives to achieve more female representation in technology roles. We are discussing the evolving purpose of business. Business Roundtable, for example, recently redefined the corporation to move away from shareholder primacy towards multiple stakeholder responsibility. But are these just lofty ideals? What do corporations need to do in order to become more purpose-driven organizations? Kit Krugman, welcome.
1: Thank you, Ben. Really pleased to be here.
0: Yeah, always great to chat to you. So I'm really looking forward to this today. Kit, perhaps it's, it's useful for us to to start where I led in uh, around the business round table and really, what sounds like a dramatic announcement—a repurposing of business to serve more than just the shareholders—and um, and as I said, lofty ideals. Indeed, the obviously the first question that arises is, well, how is that actually suddenly going to be possible uh, when we've been f- dealing with shareholder primacy for so long as the primary kind of point of purpose for corporations? And uh, mm-hmm. though there may be will, um, there's obviously a lot of systemic structure and hurdles that businesses will have to engage with is, is that a fair assumption I mean, are there these kind of blockages that we can anticipate will take quite a long time to to move before we'll actually see real change
1: absolutely and i'm i'm glad you use the word systemic because you know when i think about first of all i think it, it's an amazing step forward and a public a public announcement like that from people holding major authority is a huge step forward Mm to think about more equal power distribution but i really believe that you have to think systemically right Mm
0: -hmm. we have
1: to think across what are the authority models that exist currently in organizations what are the systems and structures that actually uphold them and then what is the culture that protects them
0: Mm. so there was an interesting phrase there the culture that protects them so am i understanding correctly that culture is related to, but not necessarily an output of these structures? It's a great question.
1: So one of the things that I think about when I, when I talk about culture is there's external culture, right? So the way that we talk about culture and what's happening in the world, and then there's power distribution, both inside and outside of organizations, but Mm -hmm. the power distribution inside of organizations impacts internal culture. Right. But ironically, external culture is actually impacting the way that power is distributed within organizations.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you mean when you talk about the way power is distributed within organizations?
1: So typical power distribution, I, When I what I'm talking about is where decisions are made, okay. right? And so I think it's really important to think about, you know, whether that is the governing body of the organization, whether that's the board, whether that is the leadership team. If you look at where decisions are made, you have to think about who is represented in that view, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's where it impacts culture. Because if you think about if, if a team, if you bring a group of people together and they're making decisions and they're they're not only representing their own bias and their own lived experience, they, they are not necessarily going to be representing the views of stakeholders that might not associate with them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's where it becomes really difficult because that is what shapes culture and that's what shapes processes and procedures and
0: policies, so is freer distribution of decision-making necessary to build more purpose-driven business?
1: That's a great question. So, I mean, if you say it's not, it's not quite as simple as that, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it It's not as simple as saying, you know what, why don't we distribute decisions across the entire organization, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times that can create more chaos. I do believe, though, that it is about three things. It's about representation at decision-making. So that's why I'm such a firm believer in making sure that the leadership represents the community mm-hmm. and that diverse body of decision makers, Mm -hmm. right? So that you make sure that those voices and those minority perspectives are actually being represented. So that's number one. Um, Modeling, right? So modeling is really powerful. If you wanna see behaviors echoed throughout the organization, thinking about what you model, whether that's collaborative, whether that is thinking about different ways to bring your culture to life. And then the last is seeking input.
0: So with this potential for chaos inherent in all structural change, why should organizations even take the risk?
1: I think that figuring out how to build better organizations is one of the most important challenges that we face today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think part of the reason for that goes back to what Business Roundtable shared, which is that we have mm-hmm. been operating in a paradigm that is actually very destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's destructive to the environment. Uh, it's destructive in terms of, people's experience it's actually most people are not engaged right there's a ton of statistics about experience in the workforce and burnout and and i, I don't think that the current solution is really working um i had a conversation just last night with a with a group of um the group of friends about how when you're operating from a paradigm that says that you know financial success is the ultimate outcome you start to assume that happiness is financial success which we all know is is you know, not actually true, right? And mm-hmm. so what ends up happening is when you're, when you're pursuing a particular paradigm that is imposed by external forces, you then start to think, okay, well, this that should equate um, satisfaction or happiness or joy. And then you pursue that paradigm only to find out that actually those two things are not equated and you didn't make that decision to begin with. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know that gets a little petty, but I think it, it is underlying the challenge of how we actually build organizations today um, I, and I think that, you know, my perspective is thinking back to why did we why did we organize to begin with? Mm, right. Yeah. Like what? Why? Why do we what is the power of getting people together? Mm. And and that's where I really believe in bringing in the principles of community. And mm-hmm. you think about the the power of bringing people together means that you can do more. You can achieve more. Mm. Right. You can leverage different um, perspectives, different ideas, different um, capabilities to actually achieve more. I mean, modern society was built on people coming together and collaborating at scale. And we've achieved so much because we've worked together at, at a scale that we would not have been able to work alone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we need to do is I think a lot of the conversation, I'm a believer in the idea that having purpose, um, driving your organization and actually really generating the culture and attracting advocates and participants is the best way to organize because Mm -hmm. you agree around a central purpose you agree around a certain central value and and that's accepted right there's a lot of conversation i was just reading an article in hbr about purpose and strategy but the biggest challenge for people is thinking about how you actually turn it into practice Mm -hmm. like how do you take this and make it a part of the everyday operations, of the way people behave, of the the processes that support it, and the culture that enforces it.
0: Mm-hmm. Businesses who want to be more purpose-driven, culture and structure work hand in hand.
1: Exactly. And I think a lot of times people talk about values and they, they you know, a ton of organizations have values on their walls, they have values in their handbook, but they don't talk about what values mean. Yeah. and you actually get very explicit and then you need to think about the structures and the systems that support that on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. so i think that there's the gap for me is this space between purpose and practice
0: mm-hmm. um
1: where it's not enough you know and we talk here at co-collective we talk about this idea of story doing and it being not enough to just have a great story you have to actually think about how you turn that into action and for mm-hmm. me the same thing is true when you think about Building organizations. You have to figure out what is that overarching purpose? What what are those set of values? And then what does it mean in terms of how you behave? Mm-hmm. What you really want is you want a set of values that people kind of convene around. They join the organization because of the values. They participate in the work that the organization does because of those values, and they enforce those values to each other.
0: I understand you're saying more equitable, purposeful business needs strong values translated into behavior. And that that's critical if declarations like that made by the Business Roundtable are to stay meaningful. But that's really not easy.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's one of the biggest challenges to, as we think about designing better organizations. Um, I think that that's where you have to really look at things like incentive structures, right? So it always makes me, always makes me laugh when I think about um, how misaligned incentive structures are with the way that most companies say they want to be in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so give an example? we have, or- yeah, we have organizations that say they want to be collaborative and then bonus people individually saying there's a lot of evidence that financial incentives actually don't motivate people, so mm-hmm. you know, above a certain level. However, I do think that what it does is it signals a way of operating a way of like, we're a team and therefore our, you know, the distribution of resources goes across the team mm-hmm. and that enforces the value of collaborative work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think again, a very famous example, Zappos is a great one where the majority of um, customer service associates in customer service all up are generally incentivized for how many calls they can get done in a certain amount of time. And Zappos actually inverted that and said, we're going to, we're going to reward people who can stay on the phone for the longest mm-hmm. because we want our, we want our customers to be having such a good experience that they want to stay on, that we're really delivering happiness, which is which is their kind of um call, you know, their sort of mission. Um, we want to be delivering happiness. And in order to do that, we want people to have a really personal, intimate experience with the customer service associate. And therefore we're gonna, we're gonna shift the incentives. And they mm-hmm. had one woman who was on the phone with a for 11 hours. I mean that I mean first of all that's ridiculous. But second of all it's totally iconic, right? Mm-hmm. It's a symbol mm-hmm. of this 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 bringing of humanity back into a, a, an experience that is really like humanity draining both for customer service associates and for the customer.
0: Hm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> hmm. Humanity is a powerful notion. Many people however separate it from business. So how do we reintegrate the two?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I love the literature about growth mindset versus performance mindset. Mm -hmm. And I think organizations that are really oriented around growth mindset instead of performance mindset, we don't talk a lot about what, you know, what does an organization look like? We talk about what people look like who have a growth mindset, but Mm -hmm. we don't spend a lot of time talking about what a growth mindset organization looks like. Mm -hmm. But to me, a growth mindset organization is an organization that is invested in learning and taking everybody along for that journey and being really self-reflective and being able to shift paradigms and grow as our world is changing faster than ever.
0: Mm -hmm. So those people in the organization who are really committed to this, who are really committed to fostering this environment and this culture of continuous learning, continuous growth, and, and to use your point, development, but in the big with a capital D. So taking in the whole of the human being. Um, what do those people need? And I'm talking about here, you know, I'm talking about people in the talent areas of the business, the learning and development professionals, what do they need from the organization to make they that needed happen? To be a,
1: yeah, they need it to be a strategic priority. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I think this has been the problem for HR leaders for a long time, which is that the the rise of HR was kind of this like, oh right, the human capital side of the business needs to be cared for. It's not,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, people are not machines. Mm-hmm. And that was the that was kind of the birth of HR. And the problem is, even though even though we recognize now how important talent and people are in organizations, we still don't, you know, we still treat people like they are kind of replaceable um, resources. Mm-hmm. And we, ha- we have a hard time investing. We have a hard time thinking big picture and saying, like, actually, if you invest inside, you'll see results outside. It's, and that's why I think the strongest cases have been made in making the business case for um, people initiatives, for talent initiatives, for diversity, for gender equity. Uh, all of these things actually do move the needle. There's real evidence that organizations that have more diverse stakeholders are more creative, more innovative, are you know are growing faster. And so that angle that a lot of people who share this passion have been taking is that this is really this is a business imperative but you need the senior leadership, the people who are making decisions and allocating resources to treat it as if it is.
0: Fantastic. Kit Krugman, thank you so much for your time and I look forward to chatting to you again soon.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: You have been listening to Flash Insights, a collection of key takeaways from guests on HeadSpring's Learning Rewired podcast. For full episodes from Learning Rewired, as well as access to other episodes of Flash Insights, Please subscribe to the Learning Rewired podcast.